5: KFI AM 640. You're listening to the John and Ken show on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
6: We're going to start this hour with uh, an update on Alexandra's law. We've been covering this story for some time now. Alexandra's law was the attempt to punish the fentanyl dealers. Sort of like with drunk driving. You do it once, you get a warning. You do it again, you cause a death, you could face homicide charges. Now, there is an update on the story. Alexandra's law was failing to get through the legislature in Sacramento. So the proposal was Assembly Constitutional Amendment 12, which would have put Alexandra's law before us, the voters. The update this afternoon is it failed. The full assembly rejected on a party line vote any possibility of putting ACA 12, Alexandra's law, before the voters, which is why we're going to talk about with our guests what we're going to talk about. And that's a ballot measure. That means they're going to have to go collect signatures to put it on the ballot. And of course, Alexandra's Law is named after Alexandra Capoludo, a 20-year-old woman from Temecula who died of fentanyl poisoning back in 2019. We're going to bring on her father, Matt, who has been tireless in pursuing Alexandra's Law since this all began. A while It seems like two years ago, but it's a couple of years. Let's get him back on the show.
5: Matt, welcome to the John and Ken Show again. Hi, John and Ken. Thanks for having me.
6: Well, I guess you know the news that just came out in the last hour that uh, that the chances of putting it before the voters through the constitutional amendment process in the legislature, well, that failed, too.
4: Yeah, actually, I'm learning that from you. I'm sitting here at the airport in Sacramento getting ready to fly back to Southern California. So, yeah, we just, we I, just that, got the press we release. That, we
6: knew that was going to happen.
4: Yeah, we you knew did. that was likely to
6: happen. Yeah. Okay. But so Sarah, explain, that's, that's explain, we... now. Yeah, explain now what, what the plan is, and that's to collect signatures, huh? <laughs>
4: Yeah, that's why exactly as in Sacramento this morning, uh, myself and a number of other parents, we filed a ballot initiative to get Alexander's law uh, on the ballot, uh, the 2024 election ballot ballot for the people to vote on.
5: How many signatures are you going to need? Uh, do you know all the details yet?
4: Yeah, uh, we, we need 600,000 signatures of registered voters and we'll need to cushion that. So we need probably realistically at least 700,000 uh, signatures. But we're uh, we're up for the task. We're up for the challenge.
6: What are the what are the deadlines here in terms of when you have to get? If you want to get it on November of 2024, is that the goal?
4: Correct. Yeah on our on our general election ballot, the presidential ballot. Uh, The signature gathering process will start in November, and we're putting a plan together to to start collecting those signatures uh, right when that right when we get that start date.
5: Uh, Do you have uh, financing for this? Because you're going to need a lot of money to get the signatures. Yeah, statewide. Absolutely.
4: Yeah, we've we've got a team uh, working on that. We've got some very experienced people behind this, and you know, it's, frankly, the reality of this is, is so many people are dying. So many people are dying, particularly young people, that uh, uh, you know that that leads to more and more people wanting to step up and help and do something about this. Our legislature has failed us at this point, and we have to get it on the ballot for the people to vote on.
5: For a normal person who doesn't follow the ins and outs of politics and would be absolutely astounded to find out that well more than half the legislature doesn't want to go after these fentanyl dealers. Explain not to. Not,
4: not you, true. We, we, had, we had more than half of the, uh, of the state Senate in support of Alexander's law. We simply couldn't get it to the floor for a vote because of a handful of senators in the Senate Safety Committee who blocked it from getting there. Yeah, you know,
5: But I got a real. I, yes, I agree with you, but I have a cynical yeah. view of that, because if that majority wanted to get this passed, they could get those people on the Senate Public Safety Committee removed. They could put in new people. And I find that a lot of these Senate Democrats and the Assembly Democrats use that as an excuse. It's like, hey, I'm for it. But, you know, it always dies in committee. Well, you 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 let it die in committee. Those those committee members ought to be removed by yeah, the I leadership.
4: There's, there's no doubt there's political gamesmanship going on, on here. Uh, when you talk about the leadership, I have personally reached out and followed all protocol to try to get a meeting with uh, the sen- Senate leader, Tony Adkins, uh, the Assembly leader, uh, Robert Rebus, even our uh, Attorney General, Rob Bonta, and, and all have, have declined to meet with, with me thus far. Well-
5: yeah, but I'm, I'm, what I'm telling you is a lot of these a lot of these leaders are are fakes and phonies, no matter what they say their vote would be, no matter what vote they take, because a lot of votes are are easy to take for public relations. You know the bill's going to go down, but you could be for it. so you could tell all your critics it's like, hey, I voted for it. You just didn't have a majority. It's like, no, this yeah. guy's not for it. Or he'd be raising a big stink and embarrassing his uh, fellow Democrats.
4: Yeah, and I'm glad you understand how it works. I I wish the general public did a a bit more as well. But this is all the more reason we need to get it on the ballot for the people to vote on. Recent polling has shown, uh, uh, without a doubt, the vast majority of of Californians think fentanyl dealers should be held accountable when they sell a product that results in instant death.
5: And it's their their stupid, uh, almost religious-like belief that they can't add any more prisoners into the prison system, right?
4: Yeah, but, but let's talk about also the fact that Alexandra's law is going to dissuade a lot of people. If they truly believe that, they would have to say the same thing for drunk drivers. All we're doing is mi- mimicking our DUI uh, legislation, which gives uh, drunk drivers a fair warning that if they, if they continue to drink and drive and somebody dies as a result, they can be charged with vehicular homicide. Are we filling up the prisons with, uh, with drunk drivers who have killed no, because a lot of them are being dissuaded. The same thing will happen with sentinel dealers.
5: Yeah, I wonder if that drunk driving thing got in under the wire before this woke politics took over over the last few years.
4: Yeah, I have heard from some in our legislature that if that were to come up today, that it would likely fail as well. Hard to believe.
5: I uh, know. I think so. I think something happened in the last, like, with, four or five years where where it's zero tolerance for any law that would put new prisoners in prison and they they don't care what the issue is they're they're absolutists about that
6: Uh, matt you're i mean you're new to all this in terms of politics before what happened to your daughter alexandra you probably had no idea this is the way sacramento's been working for some time now
4: yeah, and I, and I come back home to Southern Cal and I, I try to explain it to my family and friends, and I can't even put into context what I witness here. It's just absolutely absurd.
6: How do they treat you up there when you testify and talk to them? And uh,
4: You know, th- there are some that do give us res- the respect, um, you know, uh, uh, knowing what we've gone through, but, but many are just very dismissive of us, uh, not looking at us when we speak, turning their heads uh, on their cell phones. Um, it's, it's it's disheartening. (laughs) They are so, no,
5: no, no. Most of, most of those people are so disgusting as human beings. I have seen that routine. I've, I've seen it on video when people go before the city councilor or some Sacramento committee. And these guys are staring at their phones their whole time, scrolling through messages or, or social media and they're not listening. They're not looking. And it doesn't matter what kind of tragic story somebody is their minds telling. have made
4: up uh, before yeah, we even had their... it, uh, have an opportunity to testify in, in, in front of them. But yeah, again, they, uh, I, I'm, no, I'm no, about this ballot initiative. Yeah. Go ahead.
6: Well, I'm just saying, don't they understand that fentanyl is different? That this thing has come along? I mean, it's proper to call it fentanyl poisoning. Your daughter did not know she was ingesting fentanyl. This is something we have not seen. It, it yeah. deems that we do something different. And this idea of punishing the dealers who are handing out fentanyl and killing people is, is the right start. They don't care. They conflate,
4: they conflate it with the war on drugs. And here's where it's different. Uh, there, were, there were many ways, I agree, we failed with the war on drugs. Uh, putting people behind bars for long periods of time for minor drug infractions. We're not talking about a minor drug infraction. We're talking about when somebody furnishes a drug to someone that results in instant death. And we have to have a means of stopping those people. Uh,
5: of course, it's different. And they know it's different. See, they don't care. They don't care that your, your daughter died. They don't care about anybody who died. They're in the business of, of enriching themselves with campaign contributions and power and bribes. They're not there for your kid or anybody else's kid. They've got this weird religious ideological belief that all the prisons should be emptied and all the police ought to be defunded. And it's it's like a brain virus has taken over. Talking to them, you might as well, you might as well talk to your dog. It's going to have no effect on them. They don't know what you're saying. And and they all need to be removed. Uh, really, just about all of them. them. Yeah. I, because, but you know why? Because, because well, people don't pay attention to any of this. That's why. They don't know what's going on. They don't know how bad it is. They see that the streets are chaotic, right? That there's drug addicts everywhere and crimes everywhere and smash and grabs. But they don't understand it was created by those bastards in Sacramento. Those legislators created this sick society that we're all dealing with
6: all right matt Gentlemen, we I'm, boarding, I'm
4: boarding my plane
6: yeah it's absolutely good you go but thank you for talking to us once again and we'll be having you back on as the signature process starts
4: thank you if i can mention one last thing uh it'll be done in a few days but uh, people will be able to go on our website that we're creating for the initiative stop fentanyldealers.org. that's stop fentanyl it's in process of being finished up it should be finished within a few days but that's where people can find out how to help with this
6: all right, Matt, uh, we'll have you back on. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, to so Matt Capoludo, whose daughter, Alexandra, 20 years old from Temecula, died of fentanyl poisoning in 2019. He's made it his mission since her death to do something about fentanyl dealers. And again, it got killed in Sacramento's public safety committees. And the attempt today to let the voters decide with a constitutional amendment also failed. It's known as Alexandra's Law. And it's going to punish the fentanyl dealers the second time they sell fentanyl that kills somebody. First time you get a warning, second time we come after you for murder. It says here in the story, a couple of sheriffs, including San Diego County, were already treating these fentanyl poisonings as as homicides. They're kind of doing their own, you know, way of dealing with it.
5: Yeah, it's that's what rational people do. But we, I don't think people understand just how sick this crowd is in Sacramento. They have no interest in these in these issues, none. But their job requires them to occasionally hold a hearing for show, but they're not paying attention. They're not touched by anyone's story. Matt's story went, went right past them. They don't care. There is such a thing as bad people, evil people, corrupted people, and that's mostly what you have in politics. They're not normal like us. And you have to know what your enemy is like that you're dealing with. And people tend to th- tend to think that oh, those those politicians, they're like us. They'll understand. All I have to do is talk to them. No, there's nothing you say that's going to change their minds because they're bad people.
6: All right, more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM six forty live everywhere. iHeart Radio app.
7: You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM six forty.
5: We're live from 1 to 4, and then after 4 o'clock, if you missed us on the radio, go to the the John and Ken On Demand podcast on the iHeart app.
6: What is going on in the western United States? We warned you that with the problem they're having with homeless in Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego, this could move east. Two stories popped up over the weekend that are sort of eye-popping. Homeless destroy a motel in Casper, Wyoming. They leave 500 pounds of feces on the streets, according to the mayor there. Oh, my God. Casper, Wyoming only has about 60,000 people. That's its population. And apparently it doesn't have a lot of beds for the homeless. But I did, roughly 200 homeless people are causing huge destructive uh, behavior in the city. According to Mayor Bruce Nell, they've created a mess throughout the streets and the parks. They closed a the motel where the squatters left millions in property damage. He told the, the Cowboy State Daily, that's the newspaper there, they destroyed everything and it's horrible. They also squatted at the Ocono Lodge motel, causing more damage than recent flooding that had initially closed the
5: business down. Wow, I, now now I'm, i you know, this story doesn't explain what what species of squatters are, are these drug addicts. Uh, 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 usually they are. Uh, these are the
6: these are usually the chronic homeless that cause this much damage. And yeah, it's uh, often the drug addicts, the alcoholics, right, and mentally ill.
5: Right. So so these these are the same kind of homeless people you'd find find anywhere, but but they're not the ones who are just laying the streets like we have in L.A. Well, the other story, and it might give you a better. Clue, it's almost like they they organized and unionized. Missoula, Montana
6: is featured in the Wall Street Journal with the same problem. They're being overrun with homeless people. Now, again, this is not a big city, so a couple of hundred homeless people makes a big difference in a town that only has, what is it, about 60,000, 70,000 people? 78,000 people are in Missoula, Montana. They, John, are claiming in this story that their hands are tied because of that stupid Ninth Circuit ruling That unless you have housing, you can't remove the homeless from the parks and the streets. Homelessness has grown 62% in the state of Montana since 2019. And in this story, there are pictures of some of the vagrants hanging out in the local parks. Uh, It's what you might expect them to be. Uh, They have uh, beat up clothing and tattoos and... Uh, they're just they're talking to some of the locals. Michael Lightcap, a disabled carpenter, is among more than six hundred homeless people in Missoula. Many who live in public parks. That's a lot of homeless people for a town of eighty thousand. Yeah.
5: Well, it looks like they it looks like they traveled there. They must have come from somewhere else. Hmm. And you know, seeing it now, it's it's easy to learn about other other cities and to travel places because everybody's got a smartphone even even the uh, the drug addicted vagrants have a smartphone right yes, yes and and so you can you can you can pick out a town and say let's go there and get on a bus well here you go, go. mike
6: mike Helmick returned in february to his hometown of missoula after losing his job in michigan so he was in missoula but he went to michigan lost his job and came back to be homeless with no income besides food
5: stamps, he ended up living in a tent with his wife See, Jennifer. These th- th- got to be drug addicts, right? But he's twenty-six years old, right? And he's got a he's got a wife, no income besides food stamps. Stop it! There's still mm-hmm. like eight and a half million jobs that that are available in this country. You're twenty-six years old, and presumably, has mm-hmm. a wife, the same age. And you're yeah, living you in a tent. You're doing it by choice. You're doing yeah, it because you're. Yeah, but this is BS. This yeah, is not Job
6: openings around the country. If you're in Michigan and you know why, back to Montana, then go to another state where there's
5: probably you know, a job. I'm telling you, we got, we got, it. we got the hell with this with this Ninth Circuit Court ruling. I think a lot of these towns are are misreading that court ruling because you could bother these people every day. You're only entitled to your little uh sleeping bag in the park. Overnights, you could bother them every day and make them move on. You could you could charge them with all the quality of life crimes, you know, just just pooping and peeing in public, for example, doing drugs in public, and say you could just make their life miserable until they move on. I think I think even in these little towns, the officials are just lazy. They don't want to have the fight. Uh, and right. I think I think the local uh, the local people are going to have to handle this.
6: When we come back, well, as promised, at the top of the show, we are going to get a report on the annual Burning Man Festival from Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI. John's first question, did he go and was he nude? Did he get to d-
5: Because well, John got many of the
6: activities. They seem to involve nudity.
5: There's a lot of n- a nude activities going on. And may- maybe uh, Alex was a part of them.
2: PLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
3: Do you love Selena?
5: Like, really love?
3: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
0: to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a
4: shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall.
0: Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM six forty.
5: We're on from one until four on the radio. After four o'clock, the podcast John and Ken on demand on the iHeart app.
6: It's a short week already. It's Tuesday. You can leave messages for the Moist Line. We'll be playing them on Friday, just three days away. Use the iHeartRadio app, the microphone icon, or call the toll free number, 1877 Moist86. 664 On kind of a slow news, Labor Day long weekend, the story that probably got coverage a little out of proportion was what happened at the Burning Man Festival in the desert, in Nevada. Well, it rained. Apparently it rained pretty heavy, so it turned out to be a lot of mud and people got stranded there. There were alarming headlines for a day or so, and then there was a huge traffic jam as people left the festival today after last night's closing. Let's bring on Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI, with more detail. You didn't go there. <laughs> hey did there
8: you didn't go there, guys. Yeah, it, it wasn't even that much rain, but it was a lot for the, the middle of nowhere out in the desert and what becomes Black Rock City when everybody, uh, moves into it. But, but yeah, all of the, the headlines were, oh, the the mayhem of what this is going to be, that people were being told to ration food and water. They didn't know how long they weren't going to be able to get out, that the the mud had wiped out roads and that people were being locked in. And it sounded really dire, but the rain moved out. The, the roads were cleared. And by yesterday afternoon, the burners, as they're known, they were able to very slowly, that was one of the not so great parts, eight to 12 hours to get out through the desert. And through the, the cleared roads, they were able to begin leaving, and then today the, the big exodus is going on after they burned the man, the, the big wooden man that's burned every year. They burned it last night. They were able to do it. It had been delayed a couple of days, and now everybody is heading out. But those who were there are saying except for the porta-potty situation because they weren't able to get trucks in to clean the porta-potties over the oh. weekend, that those got really bad. Come except mind. for that. Everybody was just hanging in the desert, and they, you know, the bars that they had set up were open, and food was being served, and be a She's a burning man today. As
4: dramatic as people have made it, it actually hasn't been that terrible. If
8: there's every group of people to
4: get stuck with,
8: this is is the one. Angela Peacock there and is heading out. I'm tired.
4: I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. But it was a lot of fun. It was totally worth it. Um, Even with the rain, it was an amazing experience.
8: So it's one day later than normal. They are beginning to move out. They say kind of for some people, the mental, if you think about it, of that you're not allowed to leave, if there is no way out, that – Some people freaked out about that. But those who had RVs, and there were a lot of RVs, if you've seen the the pictures of people getting out of there, it's just miles and miles of RVs slowly moving through the desert. Uh, They brought in the people who didn't have RVs and were able to house them there as the rain was coming down. And some of the folks say they got even closer to the the other burners because they were sharing food and hanging out in those RVs. There was one person who died over the weekend, but 80,000 people were there. So it could have been anything. The sheriff's department hasn't clarified what that was. Could have been a medical emergency and they couldn't get them out because the storm was in so they couldn't go by air. The ground was all messed up so they couldn't go by ground or something else. We don't know what that was. But most of the people who were leaving and there are big buses of people leaving today going back to airports and getting out of there and and going back to Reno that they say it uh, it was pretty amazing and and they can't wait to do it again next year.
5: Do you know who won the naked oil wrestling competition? (laughs) (laughs)
8: <laughs> uh, Flower. I think Flower won uh, the, the Naked Oil Wrestling or some other uh, name of, of that type. I don't know, but, uh, but I'm sure it was going on.
5: There were naked dinosaur rides? You know, uh, there was all
8: kinds of stuff. Uh, a guy I went to high school with who is now a very rich anesthesiologist uh, in Northern California, he goes every year and watching him on Facebook with their baby and, and his wife. Riding around overnight on these things that look like they're from the electrical uh, music parade at uh, Magic Parade at, at Disneyland, that uh, they were riding around a big pollinator, big lit up bee with lights all over it. And, I mean, that's that's How what they the do. How about the guys about self reliance and art?
5: Well, these guys they're they're naked and they tie uh, rubber roosters. What? <laughs> uh, uh, well, it's the it's the it's the thing I told you about before. You know, it's they call it bleep fighting. Well, I mean, why not? Isn't that what you want to do on
8: a Saturday in the muddy rain covered in mud?
5: (laughs) So they've got rubber chickens and the two guys attack each other with the rubber chickens dangling from between their legs.
8: That is not your normal Saturday night. I mean, that's, you know, that. that's pretty normal to me.
5: (laughs) You spend too much in Northern California. (laughs) 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 This is, it just all seems disgusting to me.
8: Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely for a certain crowd, and there were <laughs> good headlines of uh, you know the the mayhem and the, the mud. There was a lot of mud. There are doctors who are saying that the people need to go and and clean off that mud. You don't know what was in the mud, and that have been uh, you know kicked up, and there were so many people in it, and the toilets were overflowing, oh. and all of that. Ah. But now the people are cleaning up and getting out of there. They they seem ah. to think that they had a great time.
6: All right, all right, Alex. Thank you for that report. We appreciate it. All right. It. Ride, you're
8: your light up pollinator tonight. Later guys.
6: All uh, right, Alex Stone, ABC and... News for KFI on the mob that went to Burning Man, and supposedly over 60,000 uh, stayed despite the flooding. And uh... Can you
5: imagine what that all <laughs> smells like, though? Well, it's outdoors, so yeah, what but do they, people they, they...
6: hang out in RVs? Is that what they bring there? They sleep in tents I, in RVs?
5: I, 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 I don't know. It's a little it, bit like so just people seems... going to Coachella. It's all about bodily fluids and oils. And it is not dating. like Coachella Ken, at all.
6: Well, I just mean in terms of where they hang out. You have to have something to sleep in.
5: Well, yes, some people camp at Coachella, but myself, I stay at a hotel or an Airbnb. There are no well, hotels or Airbnb for Burning Man.
6: Right, but no, there, there are people in RVs and tents, just like there are at Coachella. That's all the only point I'm trying to make. Oh, okay. All right, relax, Derek. Can <laughs> I'm not those crazy. I, I, I didn't
5: want to offend Coachella. Yes, thank you. <laughs> well, I would not want it lumped in with Burning Man. Burning Man's disgusting. I've been to Coachella, and that's civilized. You've been to Coachella? Yeah, wait, what? I had Yeah, really, stop the show.
6: Yeah, no, but I didn't I... know you ever went. Yeah, I did. No, For I a short time. Yeah. For a short time? You mean you dropped them off and came back later? No, thing? no,
5: I actually went to uh, <laughs> one day. I remember looking at, watching some of the music acts. Oh, yeah.
6: Yeah, i never mentioned
5: it uh, on the show before. I mean, that's a big event that eh, you know. Well, I mean, it's because it's kind of out concerts, of your demo. But yeah. Yeah. well, no, and then there was there was old Childhood. That was that was in the demo. Remember that? The year they had uh, Paul McCartney and Bob Dylan and the Rolling Stones and uh, oh yeah, yeah old ch- Neil Young. That was and, only
6: one time they did that because everyone's dead now.
5: Yes, that's right. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> they only do that once. There, people are, there, are still, there was instantly too known. old. There was no sequel. Actually, that was kind of funny because the, the old hippies, the original fans of some of these acts, they, they were getting wheeled around. Oh, they, they were? There were a oh, lot the of wheelchairs. Fans and wa- the fans, yeah.
6: Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Some of the because, people you mentioned
5: you know, are a lot. Sure, they were, they were probably about you know 80 years old.
0: Why don't you guys do a remote at Burning Man next KFI KFIA
6: 640
0: <laughs>
5: Live Everywhere iHeartRadio app. <laughs> Deborah Mark in the 24-Hour so KFIA. Do I need Newsroom.
1: to repeat that?
5: You're listening to John and Ken
7: on demand from KFI AM six forty.
6: We had a very rare form of skin cancer, is what I read.
5: That's what they I read. It didn't. turned into it turned into lymphoma.
6: Yeah, that's just a very tough story. And uh, I just I remember reading a couple months ago we had to cancel a concert tour because of medical issues, but didn't say what. And then you know we found out over the weekend, Jimmy Buffett passed away. Wow. Coming up after 3 o'clock, we're going to be talking to John Kupal, the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. Last week, while we were reporting a good piece of news, that that piece of legislation, which is going to punish the sex traffickers of minors as a serious offense, while that made its way through with a slight amendment, another measure, a constitutional amendment, made its way through the legislature and will be going before the voters, which uh, tears into Prop 13 a bit. We'll find out more. About this in detail with uh, coming up after the news at three o'clock
5: with John Hall. Well, one pick in the ghoul pool for Jimmy Buffett. Oh, well, there That's, you go. Uh, it's got a, got a few points. No, hey. I uh, I, when I my, all my my sons they all know all the Jimmy Buffett songs. I had one of his uh, greatest hit CDs. He Used to play in the car constantly. Like yeah. Cheeseburger in Paradise. Yeah which is one of my all-time favorite songs.
6: A top scientist by the name of Patrick Brown says that he deliberately omitted a key fact in a climate change piece that he just had published in a prestigious journal to ensure that the editors ran it. That fact is that 80% of wildfires are started by humans. He (laughs) left that out on purpose to see what they would do with his piece. And of course, they ran with it because their intent... On climate change as the root cause of wildfires, when that is not the case with most fires starting, eighty yeah. percent are caused by people. So, uh, particularly when you talk about power lines and such,
5: right? Yeah. So what he did is he 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 smoked them out. Wow. He omitted his finding eighty percent caused by humans, which makes sense, doesn't it? You know, yeah. when uh, when you have fires coming here in California and Hawaii, largely from power lines going down. That, that's human cost. That's I, not nature. That's not global warming, climate change, whatever stupid new phrase they have. He and, gave the uh, example of
6: a paper he recently authored entitled Climate Warming Increases Extremely Daily Wildfire Growth Risk in California. The paper was published in the journal Nature last week and focused exclusively on how climate change has affected extreme wildfire behavior. But he says, I left out the full truth to get my climate change paper published i stuck to a narrative i knew the editors would like that's not the way science should work so he was trying to make the opposite point that they're all biased and they're only looking for material particularly since he's a lecturer at john hopkins with a phd in earth and climate sciences they must have gone nuts at nature and science and said oh there you go this guy's written something that supports no. our belief that climate change is causing all world disasters let's <laughs> run with it
5: well it's and an them on purpose it's an example of how it's run like a religion you know imagine imagine you were doing some kind of research and you came to the Catholic Church and he goes I have proof here that uh, I have proof that Jesus and the uh, 12 apostles didn't exist <laughs> what kind of reception do you think you'd get? you wouldn't get a reception they did the door would shut your face right they would kill you right <laughs> uh, he said the media operates like the scientific journals. The focus on climate change fits a simple storyline that rewards the person telling it. Scientists whose careers depend on their work being published in major journals tailor their work to support the mainstream narrative. This leads to a second unspoken rule in writing a successful climate paper. The authors should ignore, or at least downplay, practical actions that could counter the impact of climate change. He says, the
6: editors of prominent journals need to expand beyond this narrow focus that pushes the reduction of greenhouse gas emissions. One example he gave was forest management practices could be improved, which could negate the detrimental effects of climate change on wildfires. And that's something we've talked about ad nauseum over the years. They have to do more to manage the forests,
5: such as the prescribed burns and such. So he's just making his point and... uh, he says other papers he's written that don't match a certain narrative have been rejected out of hand by the editors of the journals. Now, and you have to publish them in less prestigious outlets. This is all right, this is a fancy way of saying that a lot of these studies are propaganda and lies. Right. Nice. That everybody has joined the religious cult and if you say anything that uh, they brand you as a heretic. And they block you from uh, publication. They, they throw you out of the club. Sorry, you can't do that. If you're going to be published, if you're going to come to our conferences, you have to say what we want you to say. And it doesn't All matter right. what kind of evidence or proof you have otherwise. Coming up next, you're going to be talking to John Kupal for the Howard Jarvis
6: Taxpayers Association. Listen up, you need to hear about this. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere,
5: iArt radio app. Deborah Mark, live in the 24 hour KFI newsroom
6: hey you've been listening to the john and ken show you can always hear us live on kfi am 640 1 p.m to 4 p.m every monday through friday and of course anytime on demand on the iheart radio app
1: i'm diosa and i'm mala we are the creators of locatora radio a radiophonic novella which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast, podcast.